Here we go, here we go. Tony, we're live. Hey, hey, we live. Wow. How, how you doing? Welcome to Morning Pickup. And as you can see, I am up. I am in the truck. I am driving. I am ready. Um, we have one incredible, amazing guest on this morning. We'll get to who he is and what he does in a minute. But welcome to Morning Wake Up. Here's where we inspire you to have to stop having Monday Mondays and have marvelous Mondays. Here is where we get you. You can make out your plans, make out set your goals, ready to go, ready to do what's necessary to have a fabulous and marvelous week. Today's discussion is part two of how to maintain a healthy relationship. We all need those, and this is just not romantic relationships, although the questions might be uh, calmed around that subject. These questions are the, um, what we're going to talk about is how to have just healthy relationships, period, with yourself, with life, uh, with your friends. You know, because we, we, we need to get this thing to understand who we are and what we're trying to do. Um, it, it's time. 2022 is about to be around the corner. We've got, uh, I think it's, we've got 32 days as of today. So, you know, let's let's get it popping, man. Let's, let's make it happen. Uh, Jen, good morning. Good morning. This is uh, show number 13. Um, so let's, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So excited. <laughs> just, just, just say who you are before I, you know, talk myself to death over here. <laughs> show 13. Thanks for joining us today, Derek, for show 13. That sounds so crazy, Tony. Can you believe it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah um, I remember when it was a show zero. So uh, <laughs> you, you were, you were there yes. You were there from the the start, actually. Yes, yes. But, but real quick, um, you created the logo. Yes, I sure did. Sure Thank did. You. Sure did. Thank you. I'm glad. So I'm just going to um, read through your bio real quick, Derek. Okay. Um, Derek Jones is a certified life and relationship coach, mental health advocate and a 21-year NASA engineer who has chosen to use his decades of analytical skills, strategy, and troubleshooting to map out some of the mysteries of human behavior in a way that is understandable to all learning levels. After realizing a large number of our population have their own life experiences, emotional hangups, and weren't taught how to foster a successful relationship, the Relationship Gumbo brand was born. By utilizing a unique perspective and equally unique tools, he helps others unscramble their overthinking in order to map out a focused path towards successful dating, relationships, and communication. His vision is, I want Relationship Gumbo to be a vessel to not just educate people, but to heal. The goal is to take my unique approaches to coaching and impact as many lives as possible so that we all can reach a path to making better decisions. I love it. I wow, love who's it. that? Who's, who's that guy? That's a heck of an introduction. Can you live up to that one? I think it's you. Yep, yep, yep. So, um, Tony, you want to jump into the questions or you, you, you want to? Let's let Derek talk about himself for a good, good 30 seconds. Um, okay. He can definitely, definitely explain what he does on a higher level than we can. So people, the people out there that's up and rocking with us this morning can understand what they're about to get this on. Got it. 
Go ahead, Derek. Tell us more, a little more about yourself. Talk about myself. I can do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, how can I follow up a bio like that? Uh, let me let me. Um, I'll, I'll say this: um, the the relationship coaching and the brand relationship gumbo <clears throat> kind of came out of out of necessity more than it was a plan. Um, I was kind of doing it anyway. I was talking to people, coaching people. Didn't really wasn't calling it coaching. I was just helping folks. And you know, a lot of us out here trying to figure out how to supplement income how to help people how to do them both in one thing and you know trial and error brought me to relationship gumbo and it felt purposeful when i started excuse me when i started helping people in relationships it felt natural to me at first i wanted to save the world i wanted to talk about finance i wanted to talk about you know all these other different topics and it was just this big vast thing that i was trying to do and i was like I need to narrow the field so that people can really understand what I do instead of saying I do everything. So relationships was one of those things based on my, on my, um, what I call cautionary tale of a, of a relationship history. I'm able to speak about it intelligently and it, and it, you know, by definition of, of um, me being able to, like I said, in the, in the bio, speak about it in a way that's kind of like layman's terms, break down the technical stuff that you may hear elsewhere and make it sound, like it's coming from your brother at the dinner table or or you hanging out at the lounge somewhere <clears throat> and people tend to like it. People don't like to be talked to like a college professor. They just want to hang out. And then and in turn, when you hang out and you let your guards down, then that's where the healing comes in. So I land my claim. That, that's, that's exactly um a goal, actually, you know, a lot of people, well, my grandmother used to say all the time, don't talk at me, talk to me, you know, right. It, it takes more than one person to have a conversation in, in many instances, unless we're just rambling to ourselves. But um, I love that approach. That's, that's a very personable approach. And, and I think a lot of um, people have a hard time with uh, therapy and, and, and coaches and, and things like that because they, they come off as being judgmental a little bit, you know, right. and to actually be able to be laid back enough to have a conversation instead of talking, speaking at someone is a gift. It, it really is a gift. So I, yeah. I commend you. I appreciate you for that. And, um, we will move on to your first question. I can't read it. When venturing out into the dating space, what is a good time frame to gauge your potential partner? What's a good time to say that last part? When venturing out into the dating space, what is a good time frame to gauge your potential partner? To gauge your potential partner. Um, I'm assuming that you mean at what point do you break that gauge thing down for me real quick? Cause I want to give you a profound answer. All right, cool. So the, the gauge part was, uh, when should you start feeling like this is the person? Like, how do you, how, how, how do you start going from, uh, Hey, I, I like this person to, Hey, this, this might be something I really need to dive into. 
Gotcha. So the first, so here's the thing, right? <clears throat> I would never give anyone a time frame, right? Because we're all at different points in our lives and we want different things. The first thing you want to do before you gauge anything or even go out on a date is know who you are, know what you want, know what you need to have, write it down, look at it, look at your deal breakers and all of these things so that when you do go out, you're going out with intention versus going out with feelings and vibes because you're going to get feelings and vibes from a lot of people, especially if you're attracted to them. Once you start sitting down with the feelings and the vibes and all of that, then you got to think in your head. I got a list that I got to adhere to. I got some boundaries that I got to adhere to. Don't get caught up. Once you sit down with them a couple times, few times, or even a month or whatever your time frame is, then throughout that time, you're asking qualifying questions anyway, whether they're going to be a potential. But hopefully you're sitting down with them because it's something about them that make you want to sit down <laughs> first yes, and foremost. Right. So once you once you once you ask the qualifying questions, you sit back and listen to their answers. Watch how they move. And if that thing still gels with what you what you already knew in, ahead of time, what you were looking for, then you start to then you start to segue into, you know, we've been hanging out for I hate using that word hanging out. Uh, we've been <laughs> we've been dating for, you know, we on date number whatever. And by the time you get to that date. If your partner has shown you physically and verbally that they like it there, they want to be there, you shouldn't have to be apprehensive about asking what are we doing or where are we because y'all mm -hmm. have already talked about that person. Is there, Are they relationship-minded? Now you segue into we already know you're relationship-minded. You're still here on date number 15 and 20. Am I the person that fits in that thing you told me back on date number two? Because it looks like we do it. It looks like we you still here. Right. And then hopefully they'll say, yeah, we good. You know, hopefully the man is saying that. <laughs> hopefully he's the one saying, I want you, I want you to be with be with me, but you know, maybe I'm old school. But hopefully the man is saying, I want to take you off the market, like right now. Let's go. That conversation we had about intentions. We here right now. Let's go. Absolutely. So before we jump into that next question, Jen, let me just ask another question. Bro. Okay. Um, when you talked about the list, right? Let's say Tone's out there trying to get, you know, trying to in the dating world. He's got his little list, and you know, most people, the the the, the beginning of their list is pretty superficial. So I need right. I need her to be brown skin. I need her to be five five between five. Between five one and five seven, um, I need her to have, you know, extras. When do I abandon that part of the list and say, "Well, wait, this person," because um, what if the person fits every other box except the description? Well, we there, there's, yeah, there's there's nuance to that, right? Because. For a lot of us, the superficial stuff has to kind of intermingle with the, with with the with the stuff that means something because you know you want to be attracted to them and all of these things. Now, the superficial list can be unrealistic, and mm -hmm. most of the time, the superficial part of the list 
Here's the here's the key nugget here. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> John wants to know if you have a fishnet this morning, Tony. Fishnet. John said, "Are you wearing a see-through sweater?" Um, sorry, sorry. John Singletary got me off. <laughs> um, so the superficial, a superficial list could be unrealistic, right? Um, for an example, if you are looking for somebody that is six five, and you're five one, and if they're six four, you throw them out the window because they're not tall enough for you. You might be looking for a while, right? And that's just height because the reality is, is most men aren't that height, no matter what color they are. Good luck, because that guy that's six five still has to like you back too. Yeah, you got to be his type, and all. so now the numbers start to dwindle down, and he got to be in the city that you want to date in. And now the numbers getting even smaller, so you got to be realistic about what you put yourself in front of. And, and is it real? You know, is it a, is a realistic list? But here's the thing: what I was going to say is the nugget here. Most people's list, most people's list, the superficial part of the list have to do with what they want today and not what they need in the future. Mm -hmm. okay. So all of that stuff is going to make you tingly right now. But what about that person that's going to be there for you when you're in the hospital after a car accident or? Who's going to be the one that got your back when you're trying to start your new business? Who's going to be that cheerleader? Or are they are they just all of that physical, you know, this person got a nice car. That car ain't going to be there for you when you when you need somebody to, to really like be there, respect you and all those things that we that we need. You don't think about that up front when you're sitting across from them at the table smiling like a little girl. You got to get past that while you're sitting in front of this handsome person that you that you adore when you meet them. You got to think, is this person going to be right for me five years from now, 10 years from now? If you're young enough, is this person the type of person I think is going to be a good dad? I want to have a kid one day. It's cool right now. He got the car. And all. Is he going to be a good dad? Him being a him being a, 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 a arrogant SOB, it's cute. I like a little toxicity, but is that going to be a good dad for my kid? <coughs> got to think about it like that. You do. Or, or what type of father is he currently? If he's yeah, right, right. You know, right. what type of son is he? What type of what type of daughter is she? You know, that, those things come into play when um, choosing your 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 partner or life partner. And I cannot can I address Love Tucker real quick? She said she said it's easy to find six five. Yeah, it is. You can find a lot of six five guys, but like I said. Number one, it's not that it's not it's not the average height. And if you find 10, 6, 5 guys, somebody in there gotta like you back. That's the part we don't we don't um talk about. Yeah, you we're not have everyone's everything type. on your list and you gotta be everything on their list. Yeah, that, that, we're that not everyone's type. Yeah, it doesn't happen in nature every day. You can't and then like I said, people normally don't date outside a certain mile radius. So he's got to fit in there too. It's a lot of factors that come in. People aren't really that as open as they say they are. It's the mile radius for me. I've I've had difficulties um, with with 
getting closer to people who are, are long distance and, and guys just but see, here's the, look, not here's a, the thing. Here's the thing. Not a fan's favorite for a man. Here's the, here's the thing, Jen. It's not even a long distance. The, people aren't even dating 45 minutes away. Mm-hmm. That's not long distance. That's a drive. Yeah. People would people go to the same bar every Friday and talk about men are trash. No, you're just going one place. Mm-hmm. So you can't, you can't. You could, because people do build a perspective on us on a sample size that's that tiny. How many how many of us have been to a town where most of the men act the same? We gonna stay right there, yeah. <laughs> and right. that's gonna be your perception of all men uh-huh. in that little town where everybody went to the same high school and they, and they all dressed the same. It just they just were different color or with different height. It's the same dude, and you're like. Let me go find another one. Let me see if there's some new people at the same bar. <laughs> oh, somebody birthday party in here. No. Right. Um, next question is can you explain the difference between a red flag and a person being triggered by their own issues? Wow, somebody's been that Tony must have put that one in. Tony had time yesterday. <laughs> Tony definitely had time yesterday. I'll be right back. Um, this is a good question. Um, so a red flag. So here's the thing. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, uh, I'll put it in, in, in very simple terms. Red flags are triggered by things that you should not encounter when you're moving towards going forward in the future. So if I am looking to be in a relationship moving forward and I have my list that we talked about and I have my boundaries and somebody is doing something that's against my moral, something against my, I have a a whole nother list about um, deal breakers. They hit the deal breakers. I'm trying to move forward and those red flags are hindering me from moving forward. But my feelings and vibes are making me ignore them moving forward. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say things that are that that are coming from a trauma, the trauma is something that happened in the past. So you're looking at something that's being triggered from you looking backwards while you're trying to move forward instead of something hindering you forward with a logical mind moving forward. This is what I know I want. They're doing something that's going against my list. That's a red flag. If somebody beat you up in a relationship in the past and somebody touches you on your arm and you like, oh, is that really about the person or is that about you being mm-hmm. triggered by your past? So the difference is when you are clear of mind moving forward and there are things that you run into that that don't feel right, <clears throat> doesn't match up with what you're trying to do, red flag. If there's something that you cannot attribute directly to that person, but it still feels weird, but it's nothing to do with them, that's something from from before. Mm. So I hope that makes sense. It does. Um, next question. When did you know your wife was the one and what led to that knowledge? Wow. I love this question. I love that question, too, because I love, I love to hear that story over and over and over again. 
Uh, um, so I have to say how, how much time we got. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to say there's a short version and a long version. I get the short version. Um, I knew she was the one. So, so it's it's a it's a lesson in when I talk about this. It's a lesson in not just me knowing, but what she did in order to 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 make me with with a person who who is looking to be, um, let's say, a woman is looking to be somebody's wife one day. These are kind of like the nuggets of how you make sure that that man is on, on his purpose and how you keep him there without pressuring him to be there. Cause there's a difference. Um, and I'll talk about that in a second. So as most of us out here, like when we out here on a single, whatever, whatever, we're doing our Prince Akeem. We're trying to figure it out. We sowing our oats and doing all this other kind of stuff for possibly right. Um, if we're not like a pastor or anything like that, we out here hitting the street doing what we got to do. And I got to a point where that was even tiring for me. I got tired of going on all these first dates and all this dud and all of these other kind of things. So what I did, which which I believe most people should do, is take time to really look at your movements and your patterns of where you've been and see why it's, it hasn't been working. What types of people have you been dating and what space within you is choosing those people? Is it trauma? Um, and then you got to sit down and detox from it because it's not working. And that is the point where you start to work on the list. Mm. Don't work on the list while you out here Feeling on everybody. You got to do it when you calm down. I heard the H word. (laughs) Got to calm down. Get yourself together. Detox from it. To even men and women, even to the point where sex isn't a driver for you. And that's hard for a lot of people. When sex isn't a driver for you, especially men, when you go out here and you run into people, you can say no because <clears throat> they come in. You can say no because you're thinking in the back of your head, I got a kid, I got a house, I got things to lose. I'm not going to let you mess that up just because mm-hmm. you I'm not going to have sex with you because there's consequences that come along with that. And we're not even just talking about a baby. I'm talking about you, you know, <laughs> at my house. Now you know where I live. I don't, I don't need these problems. I can forecast you into that based on your delivery and how you coming at me. Yeah, so what you, a woman saying to a dude, yeah, man, so what are we doing after this? Hold on, I just met you, ma'am. I got a, I got a kid that lives there. They, she might not be there tonight, but she, that's, she does live. You got the option mm-hmm. to come back to this place, this address that I just gave you. So, so I was, I was at the point where I could say no. And then that made my vision clear enough for me yeah. to see better candidates coming in instead mm. of just letting everybody come in that I thought was cute. Now I had discernment to say, nope, not you. Nope, not you. And if that no became empty and I was by myself, I was cool with that because that detox made me comfortable in the space by myself instead of me being needy for the attention and validation and all that stuff. I got to control it. Versus it controlling me, if that makes sense. So when I met Alicia, Alicia 
was on that same vibration. She was in her detox mode too. Right? And that comes out through conversation. And when she, when we got together, I was like, this feels good, but it's still just vibes and feelings. Mm-hmm. We gotta, we gotta figure out where we are and what we're gonna do. And as we started dating more, and I made the profession, I'm taking you, I want you off the market. I want nobody else to be here, right? That's important. And we're not going with the flow. I'm taking you off the market. We are using titles and all of that. And even then, when you're in that mode as a human being, there's still, you know, in the back of your head, there's still a little bit of creep, creep mode back in there. And you like, I, I can I can move in this space and it feels good. And but I did detox. Okay. So I'm gonna give her the best parts of me. Then she says, start saying to me, I see the creep is in the back. Put them back there because I don't have to be here. Mm. I got things to do too. So let me know what you want because that's going to determine where I go. Because today you call me your girlfriend. You say you want me to be your wife. I'm doing a lot of girlfriend stuff and I'm doing a lot of potential wifey stuff for you. And I'm still just a girlfriend. So I'm going to need you to figure that out. And when you do, let me know. These are called boundaries. This is something that people do not utilize when they are vetting someone to be a husband. See, she was vetting me to be a husband instead of just a dude that was chilling with her. So if that was her goal to be someone's wife, and I'm telling you, I want you to be my wife. She's matching the behavior. And she's like, hold on. Why are we still at this point? If you Why want me still at here? that point. Yeah. You see everything Absolutely. I'm doing. I got I am I am showing you I got your back. I can leave today. And you know, I think a lot of people are uncomfortable. <laughs> like once the feelings are there, um, once you've experienced certain things, a lot of people are uncomfortable. With saying, "All right, I'm out." Like I, I yeah, you got to be willing to leave. Go anywhere, or you have to be able to realize that um, you are at an impasse with with that person. You know, I was just having a conversation with someone yesterday. Like, if you feel like you aren't able to be your best self to someone, why say? You may yeah. you may love them. You you may like them a lot. You may have seen with them, but if you aren't uh, able to be your best self or yourself around them, they're bringing out things that you you don't do any longer that you've healed from. It's time to be comfortable with just copping the deuces. Yeah. You got to be you got to be willing to choose yourself. You yes. got to really you got to love yourself enough to know that because we most of us have been through things that hurt before. We've been devastated. We've been cried in the corner for days. Stuff starts to feel familiar. Some of these, that's the red flags start showing up. You got to be willing to choose. That's why the detox is important. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to know what those triggers are. Yeah, you know? don't detox for 10 years, though. Detox enough for you to get yourself together. And if you got to detox for 10 years and you really got to detox for 10 years, then you might need to go talk to somebody. 
Um, and that's just keeping it real. That's that's means something serious going on that you can't even you can't um work around. If you're taking 10 years, you're not dealing with nobody, you just sitting by yourself, you can't figure it out. You might need to go talk to some. Maybe you don't have the tools to um get yourself back out there. That's a long time. That's a long time. And the other side effect of taking it taking that long of a time um is that you start to lose relationship skills. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that building building relationships with humans is a skill, even even friendships. You know how many people out here are afraid to make new friends like they just won't do it because they're afraid that because some other friends hurt them before. So they don't even want to go. It's the same thing where once you do that for so long, it's scary. Now, you don't even want to meet people anymore. Right. It's kind of it's kind of. um similar to to when you homeschool kids and and don't make sure that they're being introduced to other even other yeah. homeschooled kids you're not socializing them so they don't develop that skill once they get on and move on into the real world you know that, that the people the people skills peopling is very important i'm not it's not my favorite but peopling is is extremely important in in building relationships and yeah and being able to learn more about yourself as well, because these new people point out things about you that you may have not known or older friends may, may not be as um, aware of it because they've known you for so long, you know? So getting to know people and and allowing people to get to know you are very important. Um, Yeah. Look look at what, look at, look at what's happened during COVID time. Yeah. And how people have been affected by that. It's people living have been living like that for 10 years yeah. before COVID even happened. And it's like right. people, people now, especially people like me, like I'm clean, I'm an intro, I'm introvert. I can I can sit by myself and I'm good. No, you can't. We all human. Like at some point that that egg gonna crack. Absolutely. What is the biggest lesson you learned about yourself from your first marriage? And how did it make you feel better in your current? The biggest lesson that I learned from my first marriage was that I have to be myself in a relationship and not conform to what I think the other person wants just to keep things looking like they're happy. Um, And so... There's a certain level of vulnerability that you have to have with your spouse. There's a certain level of um, judgment that has to not be present because you know you love that person. The judge when you when you're judging your spouse, that turns into a lot of arguments and okay. a lot of resentment over time. And then if you don't like the way that feels, instead of you addressing it, I talk about this on my show quite a bit then you turn into this person that's a master at avoiding the conflict and trying to make things look happy. You smiling on Instagram. It's cute because you've changed into a person. That's not just that person's spouse. You change into a person that your only mission in life is for you not to feel hurt while you're sitting in that house, that, that show that Tony loves so much, the haunted house, that's the haunted house is sitting there. All of that pain is staring you in the face every day and you sitting on the couch watching TV and you're like, why do I feel like this? It's still floating around. Like you, 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 that's what I, that's who I was in that, in that first marriage. 
I was I was a shell of myself trying to pretend like everything was cool. So what that did for this relationship and, and it and it wasn't um it wasn't easy, especially for men. It, it wasn't easy to be vulnerable to anyone, especially after going through situations where you 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 hid the vulnerability from people. It didn't feel comfortable. Maybe they wasn't accepting of the vulnerability. Maybe they told you it was weak or whatever. And you hide, you tuck it in a space where nobody can get to. But I knew in order for me to be um, a good husband that I had to give her that. But it wasn't easy. She she had to she had to she had to um, help me pull it out. <laughs> it was not easy, but the trust that I have in her made it easier. And you know how a lot of times women will try to force it out of you. Like, why won't you tell me how you feel? Mm-hmm. She, she, she knew after the initial frustrations that that wasn't going to be the way. And then, so both things had to happen at the same time. She knew that that wasn't the way and I had to trust her to give it back to her. So when she was able nice. to, to, to understand that the approach had to be softer, then I opened up more. And then now that now it comes together. And once you get to that space and you know that it feels comfortable and safe, you always want that space to be there because it feels good to be able to be open about stuff. So so learning in that first relationship that it, you know, when you when you pretend to be something else, it's like prison. Nobody, nobody wants to be in jail. Some people want to be in jail, but most people don't want to be in jail. <laughs> right. <laughs> And yeah. to to feel so, captive of your feelings too, you know, just yeah. you're, you're you're walking around trying to conceal certain emotions and and certain feelings so that you don't get hurt, but that's harming yourself too because the opposite person doesn't know how you feel. And, and I was one of those, like I I was one that would not allow myself to be vulnerable in relationships, and um, I kind of messed up a couple of really good relationships because I wasn't even aware of my emotions to even be able to share them. You know what I mean? So um, it's just, it's it's a, it's a work in progress. And and a lot of people, when, when you decide to date or you decide that you're really feeling someone, you have to make a, a sound decision to be present in that moment with them, you know, and, and, you get your feelings hurt, you get your feelings hurt, but at least you know yeah. that you gave your all, so you're not doubting yourself in the hey, end. Hey, team, let me just jump in here real quick, because I, Go I got to run, as we spoke earlier. So, Derek, I appreciate everything that you're doing right now and, and, and some of the things you said. Uh, some of the standouts for me before, before I jump out of here is the clarity of mind. People have to understand this is how you get to the successful relationship, when you have clarity of mind for yourself, when you've done the work to see uh, what your blind spot to understand what your blind spots may be, um, and what you, and what you have basically healed from yourself, because you can't go in creating these red flags. Because if you listen to most relationship podcasts and you and you and you look at the uh, the comments, everybody's talking about, oh, that's a red flag. This is a red flag. No, those are not red flags. Those are issues that you haven't dealt with yet. And that's a big difference, and that's one of the reasons why I asked. Also, I appreciate the way you. Uh, Put it put in perspective of how where your where, where your one marriage was uh, didn't have a certain thing right 
that your current marriage, your current wife gave you a feeling of trust. She gave you an area of space that you could be freely you. And I want women to understand and men to understand, once you have that, there's nothing you're going to give, there's nothing that you're not going to press forward to, uh, to have with somebody. So you guys rock out, continue doing what you're doing. I love you both. And I appreciate you, you being here morning. Be careful. Monday. Oh, uh, we got to talk later on, Jen, and figure out who's going to win this $100. Oh, yeah, we do. I have to, so today is still November. So since right. you um, mentioned the challenge, I'd say today's word is outcome. Um, outcome. Our, our, our second consecutive month of a challenge, um, and we should be focusing on the outcome of nice. each challenge that we present for ourselves. So that's today's word, guys. Um what are five questions, Derek, that you would recommend people ask on a first date? Five. Uh, let's see. On a first date. Um, I'd, even, hmm? I'd even go and say on any date. So what are, what are your top five questions that you would recommend asking in the so, getting to know a person phase? Right. That 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 um that makes it easier because I I you know I started out telling people about about asking qualifying questions, but then I, I also realized that some people get a little apprehensive on date one um, from the asker, and then the ask e almost feels like it's an interrogation, mm-hmm. even though it is. Mm-hmm. That and going too hard, too fast, um, could put the other person in an uncomfortable space. However, you do not want to hold these questions indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Early day two, day three, it could even be on the phone. You got to get those answers out so that you don't waste time. So, I would say number one. You got to find out if their relationship. Well, first of all, I'm hoping that you are dating because you want to be in a relationship. <laughs> so you got to understand that about yourself first. If that's what you want, then the, one of the first qualifying questions is going to be, what does, um, you know, what are you looking for? Are you looking for a long-term relationship? Are you looking to go with the flow, right? But you don't want to give them the answers. You want to ask them something like, um, you know, you're single. You can even ask them, what are they looking for, right? This is important for you. I'm stopping myself because I know these 2021 dudes are different, but Mm -hmm. let's say you have a traditional guy that wants to pursue you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I know that's a foreign concept. (laughs) You ask him as the woman, what are you looking for versus the other way around, right? You want him to answer that because um, a lot of the predatory behavior, unfortunately, comes man to woman versus woman to man. Even though it happens the other way around, you don't want to give him the fuel. So you ask him, what is he looking for? And you don't say, are you looking for something long term? No, let him Mm -hmm. answer it. And then you sit back 
and you see how he answers it because a relationship-minded person is going to answer it one way. Another type of person is going to play it safe and say, I just want to see what happens. I want to go with the flow. That's a potential red flag. Mm -hmm. um, when people say go with the flow, it doesn't have a direction. And some people stay and go with the flow for years. And then they get pissed off when it doesn't turn out to anything because it didn't have intention to begin with. Um, I see John Singletary said it's not an interrogation. Yeah, you you know what? But but here's the thing. You and I say that because a large part population of people that I've talked to over the years, especially especially, and this is the thing: a lot of men who aren't prepared for a long term relationship will feel like it's an interrogation. So mm -hmm. that's why I use that word. Sometimes you could take a person that might be right for you. You ask them. 35 questions in a row on the first date, they might be like, whoa, I'm just trying to enjoy dinner with you. Go ahead and have that time. But them questions got to come in because, because we grown, like most, you know, we not 18. We got to figure this out. We grown. Like I said earlier, I had things to lose. I'm not going to be dating you on date number 10 and on vibes and feelings. And, and, and I don't even know what you want. So those, those grown up questions have to be there. Um, So you want to know if they're relationship minded, but you don't you 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 want to know the mindset. It don't even have to be about you. Right. Because this is another thing that's scary to 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 people. You asking them, are they trying to be in a relationship with you up front? That's scary. Ask them. Mm -hmm. Ask them. Are you relationship minded? You know, where do you see yourself if you meet someone that fits your qualifications? And then sit back and let them answer. Don't feed the answers. Don't give them the multiple choice because then they're going to pick one because you gave it to them. Mm -hmm. See where their mind is at. That's it, number one. It doesn't one. provoke critical thinking. <clears throat> right. And that's, the, that's um, what Love Tucker says. She never, she, never, she never been told you ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> the right person is going to be ready for the questions. That's the key. Somebody's uncomfortable with a relationship-minded question. I would say the second question probably would be, something like um <clears throat> you the goal here is to try to see where their mindset is are they thinking about the future are they thinking about just for right now that's the distinction and i talked about that earlier so you want to ask questions about where they are right now what are they looking for and then where do they where do they see themselves you know, it, it sounds cliche, but where do you see yourself five years from now? Mm -hmm. Right. A, a relationship minded person would say, hopefully I'll be somebody's husband. That's what I'm out here for. Mm -hmm. If if they if they only talk about their job. It's not a red flag, but it lets you know where their mind is. Because mm -hmm. now there's no there's no family in the picture. Right. A family-oriented person will talk about, you know, my my five years from now, my my kid will be older, and you know, I'll be an empty nester or whatever, or you know, my kids are already older, and hopefully, you know, I'll be in this space, and now I have, you know, I have space to have somebody in my life where I can really focus on them. This is the stuff that you wanna. If you're looking for a family-oriented person. These might be, you know, how what's your relationship with your family and your mom or, who, you know, if they're still living, what, what is your relationship with your family? 
right? That could be another question. And then you sit back and you wait. Because what we do sometimes, well, do you have a good or bad? See, I'm giving you answers. Do you have a good relationship with your mom? Or is it like what? You don't do that. You got to sit back and let them feed you. And they can do the same thing. You can feed. That's the whole. It's a tennis match. And you, you know what? Uh -huh. That makes so much sense because I, again, the conversation I had with someone yesterday, I told them that um, the trend in a lot of the guys that I've dated have had mommy issues. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't learn that until later on into the relationship. Um, and, and it all would make sense as to how they were dealing with our relationship at the time. Um, so asking that question, like, how are you with your family? You know, the family dynamic is very, very important, um, mm -hmm. because you can learn a lot from a person and how they deal with, with trauma and, or, or, or their family unit, um, just from that one question, it can answer yeah. a lot. And that, and, and, and if you guys notice, I'm not rolling out, here's number one, here's number two, mm -hmm. I am building my list based on what I need and what is important to me. So that's why I'm not I'm not itemizing a list. I'm saying if your family is important, ask the family question. If something about kids is important, ask the kids part. But the biggest question is about where their mindset is moving forward. Are you looking to be in a relationship and you want to look for these triggering words like go with the flow, let's see what happens. That's open-ended. Forever it could be. That's a trap that you fall in because, because when we are when we have past trauma and we've been hurt before, go with the flow sounds safe. So you say, okay, cool. We'll go with the flow. You've just signed an, uh, uh, a, a verbal contract and you don't even realize it. You've signed a verbal contract that says, I am cool with staying here. And if enough time goes by, you don't get to come and break the contract that you signed and think that the other person's going to be okay with that. Because the terms were set up front. This yeah. is what people don't realize. Go with the flow sounds safe if you've been hurt before. You don't want to commit to anything too soon because that's where the vulnerability lies in the he might hurt me mm -hmm. the downside to that is how long are you willing to do that for yeah can have you glowing for two and a half years and they leave and get into a relationship and you're like WTF. yeah 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 that absolutely that's why that's why that asking these questions early is is it's it's essential to <clears throat> it's essential to for you to understand because you done already detoxed right you got your clear head you're trying to date with intention you're asking these questions this is important for you not to waste time the key is if you don't waste time somewhere where you don't belong then you don't have to carry it into another situation because you did not build an attachment and the other point I want to make with that is the, the first pushback I get when I start talking about these questions is what if they lie? Yeah. What if they lie? 
even if they do lie. I talk about this a lot. The lies are their word, mm. right? Mm-hmm. If these are your answers, I am trusting that these answers are true coming from you. If they're a lie, the lie comes out in the behavior. The actions, yes. So now you have a list of lies that have to match up to how they actually move in. It mm-hmm. normally does not match. Something's not going to match. And that's where the red flags come in. Because anybody can sell you a dream. But those movements that they make, now they say, I want to be a husband. I want to be in a long-term relationship. But he's moving like somebody who doesn't want that. Right? Mm-hmm. He's trying real hard to get in your house. And, oh, I'm going to cook for you at your house. I'm going we go, we I'm like sir, it's date number two. Wait, hold on. <laughs> My kids yeah. live there. They come, they come visit me every other weekend to eat dinner. Like we we not we not doing that. Why you want to keep coming to my house? Where do you live? Mm-hmm. Sir, <laughs> we're not gonna keep going to these hotels. <laughs> I need to know, I need some more information. You can't, you gotta, you gotta get that information, even if they're lies, and you gotta have a clear mind. To see the behavior against against what they said they were looking for. That's why you have to ask, where are they? Because a person, like I said, a person that wants to move like they still single, it's going to look a certain way. They're not going to be accessible to you. They might have a whole nother family somewhere. They're not going to be accessible to you like somebody who's ready to build something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, last question. If Jada Pinkett Smith called you for relationship advice, what would you tell her? I would say it's cool to talk about the traumas of your past. But in your active relationship, keep that in a therapy session. Um, because your 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 husband is a breathing human being that's next to you. Um, I so, know why she, huh? Real quick, I don't want to cut you off, but um, if she were a normal person, would that advice be the same? Like, absolutely, if she were a celebrity. Okay, absolutely. Here's okay. the thing: we can talk about things that we think will help other people, but I'm not going to do it at like, for an example, I'm a relationship coach. I talk about being married all the time. I talk about what Alicia did, you know, in the beginning to get me, you're not going to hear about my argument that I had last week. We're not doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, why would I ruin what I have to help you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can talk about all the other stuff I did 10 years ago, I can tell you this is how I used to be. And not, we could do that until we blew in the face. I'm not going to. Why would I talk about things that I know will be hurtful to my partner that will be hurtful to? I still got to go home and face the person I just talked about. There's nothing. There's nothing. You know, they always talk about how they have this certain type of marriage, but you're still talking about our personal life. 
It's just like people who post all of their stuff on social media. When they get mad, they'll post some some kind of uh, side jab from a from a, a, a quote or something. We know who we're talking about. You married mm-hmm. still? You know, a person will be like, "Yeah." The 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 poster say something like, "All husbands suck." You married? Mm-hmm. We know who you who are you talking about? And, and ultimately, and that's that's what I tell people all the time. Like when when you are interested in someone and and wanting to build or wanting to even get closer to someone, um, maybe not even in a marriage yet or any of that. Like you have to move in a way that um, is beneficial to the both of you. You don't want to put that other person in an uncomfortable predicament, you know, because it, it leaves them a chance to become defensive and then they aren't their best selves now because you aren't your best self. You haven't yep. healed. And now you're you're imposing that that trauma in various situations on someone else, you know, and it's not fair, you know. And, and I've said that so many times that I've appreciated how transparent Jada has been up until she started embarrassing her husband. Up right. until right. The um, who was the young dude? I can't even remember who it was that she was. August Alcina. Yep, him. Up <laughs> in, until that that point, because you have, it's not even just your husband. You have children. Um, you are a mother. You are a wife, and your first duty is to them. Period. No one else. Um, so in in her healing process she became the only person that was important in her healing process. And she forgot that she had people behind the scenes that, that she can be traumatizing, you know? And I just, I, that advice is, is the perfect advice for not even just Jada, anyone, all the Jadas and all the girls in the world, you know, because he does the same thing to her. He has all chances to say, my wife right. is out of control. Um, we have some things to work on, but whenever he's interviewed, he only speaks right. from love of his wife. Yeah, and and that's the thing, right? I don't know who they are in there behind closed doors. We yeah. well, we know a lot of it, <laughs> but, but if you notice, whenever he comes out, it's in protection of the marriage. Yes. Yes. Even if it makes him look stupid, he gonna he's gonna ride with what she said and try to push the narrative towards trying to make sure that that marriage stays intact. Absolutely. Um, and there and there's something to be said about that, mm-hmm. right? There's there's a there's there's a lot mean? of people out here that's going through a lot of stuff, and Jada Pinkett helps a lot of people by her vulnerability. But that marriage should be that thing that if you want to stay in it, that's the qualifier. If you want to stay in it, protecting that marriage, honoring that marriage should be above everything. All else, yes. I don't care who you're trying to save. It's people that have asked me to come on shows and, yeah, we got this show. We're going to be talking about ratchet stuff. And I was like, I'll do your show. But I'm not disrespecting my wife or my family in the process trying to be ratchet with y'all. And they're like, oh, oh, you know what? I, I respect that. Yeah, we're not doing that. We're not going. There's certain places that I will not go, even as a vulnerable tell-it-all coach. 
I'm not doing that. I still got to come home every day. We're not doing that. I'm not. Who who wants to set themselves up to have another argument? John stays on our case. He said it's problematic for us to speak so in depth on them when we don't have all the info. I would sit down with them before I spoke on what they have allowed to be shared. Uh, I'll agree to disagree with that because I think we're just generally speaking on um, being protective over what you have at home. And whatever that is at home, it, 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 whether it's in shambles or not, you know, it's being protective of home, you know, and, and I think like even when um, we all thought that Jaden, their son, was being a jerk when he wanted to be emancipated as an adult, what was really going on? You know what I mean? He was 16 and was he seeing things that um, Love said, but they shared. <laughs> They have, she shared, they didn't share. She, she chose to share. Um, but I'm wondering, are, have these things been going on for a, a long time? And, and the son picked up on it and was like, yo, I, I want to get out of this, this toxic household, you know? And I think that's what we're, we're talking about is being protective over our cubs, the mama bear. And that's the mama bear. You, you, you should be yeah. protective <clears throat> over your cubs. And and who's bringing your husband, your your man, your yeah. partner? Yeah, just to give just to give context to what John is saying, I could care less about all the gory details. I'm only going off of what they shared, and what they shared looks like looks like um, it's not. And, and and again, he may love it. I may be wrong, but his his own words don't sound like he loves it. Her own words doesn't sound like the words themselves sound like she's airing out current, past, and everything else about a, a marriage that she's actually in right now. Those are that's what she's doing. The interpersonal stuff, what they do behind the scenes, I don't really give a damn. He looks visibly and verbally hurt. And he's having to now come and backtrack and fill in the gap control. to try to make sure that that relationship gives the appearance that it's okay. That's all I'm talking about. I it, it's not even about just the a relationship, but but to be protective over her. You know, he yeah. when he comes out, we look at him like, "Damn, Will, you 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 kind of a fool." But in in reality, he's doing what. Yeah, I like I said, the caveat to, here is supposed to protect his the, home. The caveat here is I don't know their relationship, so he could love coming on yep. screen looking like he's crying and all of that. Maybe that mm -hmm. was an act. I don't. Maybe he loved it. That's the other side of it. Maybe he likes having all of his personal stuff out <laughs> out there and and her talking about you know he he don't please her in the bed and I, I don't. Those are her words. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I got Maybe he likes that. So I'll say that. Maybe he enjoys having all of his personal stuff out there, and maybe we got it wrong. But I, it, it, from the I outside looking in, it, it yeah. seems like the the opposite, you know. And, yeah. and that's all we have to go off of is from what they've said and what we've what we've heard from their mouths, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. And even, anyway. even their positions, the positions of their children, you know, we, we've even, Willow has even gotten on her mom's case 
um, on Red Table Talk before, like, dude, you're sharing too much. Like, come on now. That's still that, yeah. you know. Oh, I don't, hey, John, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying when I'm, if I was to give her some advice, I would say, keep your stuff in your house. Um, but like I said, the other, the other side of that is maybe he enjoys having all his dirty laundry put out on the national stage. I could be wrong, but to me, um, my personal experience and being married and just watching how other married couples move, when somebody puts your dirty laundry out there, and you don't really have a voice in that, a lot of times, not every time, it could affect your home once 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 you get home that you've shared that stuff in the in the uh under the guise of helping other people. And I don't have no like I know this couple that is on IG right now that I just connected with, their whole platform is we cheated on each other at one point. And this is how we work through it. And this is how we got to where we are today. Their whole platform is about telling all of their dirty laundry, but they're not talking about what they're actively going through right now. They're not messing up what they've created today. That's my point. You and, can and have John a- is saying they have 25 years. Um, yeah, but recently, like even in the past three years um, is when we really started yeah. And we know what this is. Like if you yeah. if you really look at it, this is therapy for her. Yeah. To talk about him. <laughs> That's normally what you do in the doctor's he's, office. He's going to need therapy from the from her therapy, you know. So yeah. We know we we do it. I do it. I'm a coach. Most of my shows are therapy for me, but there's certain places that I cannot touch because I'm trying to keep my marriage <laughs> yeah, together. Same. Same with Monday Wake went, Up, you know. It's yeah, it would be fair to her. For me, they get me up, you know. But um, I want to thank you. I have listed below how to find Derek at relationshipgumbo.info. If you have any questions or you'd like to see how to become a client of his, um, any of that, just reach out to him. Derek, I want to thank you so much. I know it's crazy early. I had a friend on from Vegas last week. And um, so she she was like up at what two thirty in the morning. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I just appreciate all of our guests and and showing up and being present in the moment. Uh, do you have any closing words before I do my morning? Um, well, uh, I want to say thank you for having me. Um, this was good. I like the the questions. Um, <laughs> Tony Watts knew where to hit me in the guts. But that's, that makes for a, gr- a great um, interview. Um, I would just say, you know, in the spirit of, of what you guys do on this show, um, for yourself and for people that you are around, hold yourselves accountable. Um, hold yourself accountable, but also the people around you to make sure that y'all all rocking in a positive direction yeah. um, so that you can progress and, and achieve the things you want to both individually and collaborating with others, whether they be friends, coworkers, or whatever, where it's about being a communal people and building things together. That's why, you know, you and Tony have created this show, the real shop talk. Um, even the things that I do on my own show, it's about collaborating with, with like-minded people and keeping it pushing and holding each other accountable. So that's where that's, that's what I'm going to leave Absolutely. you with. Um, do you want to talk about tonight's show with the real shop talk or 
Oh, yeah. The Real Shop Talk tonight at 8 p.m. Uh, we are talking about black men and our relationship with anger. Mm. So that's going to be a, a, a good show. We're just going to talk about what it feels like to be in this male body and having to navigate that um, in a world where we're told to 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 um, keep our emotions down. That's one that you're probably going to see. <laughs> we can hide all the other ones, but that anger would be right there in your face. So we're going to talk yeah. about that tonight. Um, um, so that's yeah. at 8 p.m. Eastern time, right? Uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right. Yep. Okay. Well, I, thanks again. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to Monday Wake Up. I'm going to end with, you know, my Monday prayer. Lord, please, please remove any laziness and procrastination from my body. Push me to my fullest potential each day and don't let up. Our daily due diligence is to use each day with gratitude and effort to put our whole selves into appreciating God's gift of life. Let's practice this prayer each day and shift our minds towards our goals and not our current feelings of the day. Use our energy to promote positive perspectives and outcomes. Happy Monday, everyone. Thanks for tuning in and we will catch you all next week. Derek, hold on real quick until I end okay. this.